The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans, part of the Armchair Media Network. The NFL regular season is officially over, so get ready for that playoff grind. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. a sad Steelers supporter. And with me, as always, is AJ. Marshawn almost got redemption, but there was a dumb delay of game. Marchese. That was so fucking stupid. Let's move on. Today, we're going to break down the most sensational rookie performances from Week 17 yeah. in the NFL. Then we'll preview and pick the NFL wildcard round. Uh, shout out to the Bull family. Let's hit it! Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a 2 don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Maybe you grew up on the same street as Colonel Sanders. Who knows? Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Uh, they can be taken anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you can benefit from extra function, that's in all caps, and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, not us. But Blue Chew helps you follow through regardless if you can talk or not. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package to no in-person doctor's visit. No waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and sent Blue Chew ships, uh, prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. All you got to do is pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, BlueChew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Seven Rounds in Heaven. Ooh. Is that a sample? Oh. That was a sa- yeah, the, the singer of our song just popped in and uh, hit us with that. Pretty good. Uh, okay. The, N- <laughs> the NFL regular season has concluded. We're really making our push to draft season. Obviously, we got to get through the stupid playoffs and bowl seasons. Stupid Last bullshit. couple bowl games and then Addy, whatever. Ugh, fucking national championship. Uh, Boring. You know what is int boring? The Senior Bowl. Good transition. Thanks. Worked on it for weeks. Uh, and not only did we get a pair of acceptances, we got the coaching staffs announced. No way. AJ, 
Yeah. This year's coaches, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Detroit Lions. How we feel? Uh, Detroit has what, like two coaches on staff right now? Yeah. So that's cool. literally even Paul Pasquani got is out. Who's like Matt Patricia's bestie? Yeah, but I think he's just going to retire. Probably, I would. I wouldn't want to be the blinds DC. Um, yeah. So, in my opinion, Bengals. I, I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Interesting to see Zach Taylor. Obviously, mm-hmm. if Joe Burrow's there, that's pretty exciting. I assume they would pair that staff with uh, whatever team Joe Burrow's on. Or at least I would hope. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Uh, young, smart offensive coach. Other side, like you said, Lions don't really have a coaching staff right now. So we get to meet them. That's cool. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how high we are on Matt Patricia. Uh, and if we've seen a Patriots, a former Patriots coach, coach at the Senior Bowl and make the practices end early before Bill yeah, O'Brien fucking, two years ago. Fucking didn't like that shit. Oh, it, no, Matt no Patricia's going to have them not practice. No one was angrier than AJ about Bill O'Brien cutting practice early. <sighs> yeah. Forgot about that. Almost. It sucks. Two years in a row, um, we've had things. Last year, the weird the weather, inside yeah. weather thing with Todd McShay jogging around, <laughs> and uh, the year before, Bill O'Brien just cutting practices early. Yeah, I, uh, I'm changing my pick from the Texans to the Bills now. Going to mention that. <laughs> okay, smart. Um, along with that, the two additional acceptances are two uh, redshirt juniors who declared. Whoa! What? Yeah. Um, wide receiver uh, Courtney Davis from Texas A&M and Notre Dame safety Aloe Gilman uh, two guys Whoa. I'm quite fond of uh, both big gets in my opinion especially because the safety group although r- really really hefty they've like I think they have more safeties there than anything else that's <laughs> what it looked like uh, yeah. Gilman to me is uh, <laughs> kind of an all- we talked about him last week when he declared yeah. or last episode this week yeah whoa yeah. um but a, a well-rounded guy who had special team upside and uh, yeah. like a fourth-round guy. More, more importantly, Courtney Davis is exciting. Yes. Both of us, big fans of Courtney Davis. Um, I think both of our favorite Texas A&M receiver. Indeed. Of all time. Of all time. Sorry, Mike Evans. No. You're close third. Kirk. Uh, um, Ryan Swoop, thank you very much. <laughs> Love Ryan Swoop. Uh, but yeah, Court- Courtney Davis, perfect skill set to help his stock uh, in Mobile. Route runner who does a lot after the catch, I think. I said this. Uh, was this on the podcast? Everything blends together in my head. This might have been on the podcast. Mm, it was. Okay, yeah. Say it again. I think he could may, potentially. I know it's a crazy deep class. I say he he could sneak his way into the back end of the third round. I'll say it. What? Where is this coming I from? I think more realistically, he we both see him as a fourth round guy, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big Courtney Davis fans here, so that's an exciting. I guy. think he'll just keep helping himself. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then, we, of course, we got a whole mess of declarations. We also got some switcheroos. Um, I hate the switcheroos, Rob. I'm not going to lie. We also found out Tua will be announcing his decision on January 6th, so by next week, we will be talking about whether he uh, declared or is staying. And honestly, right now, I have no idea. Me neither. I hope he does that at halftime of the ULL Miami game. <laughs> oh, like like uh, in the Army All American Bowl where the guys like declare like or, like pick their commitments. Yes, exactly. He does a hat, an NFL hat, and an Alabama hat. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. Uh, we also found out that Dylan Moses is maybe not returning to Alabama after posting he was on his Instagram story. 
from his father's law firm that they announced something no, AJ nor I are smart enough to completely comprehend. But yeah, we do now know Dylan Moses will announce fully his de- uh, decision on January 20th. My big takeaway was that Moses is a good name for a lawyer. Yeah, that's a good takeaway and a good mm. point. Wow. Yeah, that's all I got to say there. Let's see yeah. what happens. <laughs> January 20th. Or but yeah, it was, it was strange. I, I mean, the it basically it sounded like he got a grade that said he was going to be a first-round pick, and then it said mm-hmm. loss of value, and then he announced he'd return. Because he, he got a second-round grade? Yes, and then, I, I mean, pretty much everybody thinks he's the top linebacker in this class. And a, t- a yeah. top 15 talent, especially if he were healthy. Like, I don't think there is any way if he declares he doesn't go in the first round if he's healthy. I don't think that there's anything to benefit for him to go back to Alabama. Me neither. So, pretty surprising when he announced he was. This makes more sense. I think he'll announce he is turning pro on January 20th. Uh, yeah. And also, too, uh, I don't think there's any point for him to go back. No. No. It's, it's, I think it makes less sense for guys who their main ding is that they're injured. To go back. Because if you get going to risk yeah. more entries and not getting paid while hurt. Yes, correct. Uh, oh, and the, 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 sorry, Rob, just quickly, the, the people are like, you know, oh, if you move up from pick 10 to pick four or whatever, you're making $11 million more, blah, blah, blah. I always found that weird because if you go back to school, you're making $0 that year. And if you right? go back and he gets injured again, he could totally sabotage his first round chances. Exactly. The risk isn't worth it. And plus, like, Another year in the NFL means another year on a contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're, you're going to make that. You're work. a year closer to hitting free agency. Yeah, and if you're a top ten quarterback, you're going to get a twenty million at least dollar plus deal, <laughs> right? Yes, per year. So it's it, it. I don't like that argument. I mean, it Anyways, even comes back to guys uh, who are potentially going to go at the back end of the first round. You might want to yeah. go at the top of the second round. You're hitting. You don't have that fifth year option. You hit free agency a year early. Mm-hmm. That's, a good that's point. like I mean, team. We've seen in the past teams trade back into the first round because they know they can secure the fifth year option. It, it looks damn good right now with Lamar Jackson. Hell yeah! Uh, on top of that, we had a handful of guys officially declare. Kind of a surprise one: Notre Dame running back Tony Jones Jr., who had a huge game against Iowa State in the bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised he would declare in such a deep class and. I don't think there was a ton of hype around him throughout the season. Uh, even yeah. when watching them, he wasn't like a super consistent guy. Uh, I thought that De- like Dexter Williams last year was more impressive than Tony Jones Jr. Agreed. was this year. Agreed, yeah. Um, so, kind of surprising. And then a pair of receivers. I already mentioned Courtney Davis because he'll be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, alongside him, Penn State wide receiver K.J. Hamler, who the only reason I thought he might return is a lot of the Penn State guys were returning. Yeah, we talked about this in the last episode. Yes. We both thought he probably was going to go back. Yeah, outside of uh, Gross Matos, everybody else seemed to be heading back to Penn mm-hmm. State. Um, yeah. But K.J. Hamler is obviously in this similar style of receiver of Hol- uh, Hollywood Brown, which we know is the type of guy the NFL is valuing right now. The explosive downfield threat who brings running yeah. to the table. Uh, he, like, I don't see him getting out of the top 60. It's going to be really interesting as the draft approaches to see how high he can get himself, though, in such a deep class. Yeah. But he's a guy who took such a massive step from his freshman to his uh, redshirt sophomore year. Um, He was 
kind of just that burner. It's similar mm-hmm. to Hollywood almost, but obviously not to the, yeah. not necessarily to the same extent, but where he was that just that burner, and then he just really elevated his running ability, and that's kind Absolutely. of what changed the stock for him. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, this wide receiver class, there's so many that it's almost like depending on the flavor of receiver you want in your receiver core and, like, what you already have, it could totally change your board. Like, some team might value T. Higgins more than K.J. Hamler for his skill set, but K.J. Hamler's the missing piece. They need that slot guy who is an elite, potentially elite runner with burning speed and not that, like, power forward on the outside like Higgins. There's so many wide receivers in this class that, like, I feel like I know where they should go, but I have no idea where they're actually going. That's to how go. I felt last year, and, I mean, when the draft happened, it, it totally happened. Like, that is what happened. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mentioned the switcheroo earlier. That was about Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet, who we heard him and Liam Eichenberg, I don't know, like a month ago now, announced they'd be returning to Notre Dame. Uh, Komet uh, announced his uh, 2020 NFL draft declaration today. Smart move. Yeah, totally. It's not a great tight end class. He has a chance to be the first one off the board. This, it's To me, it's Brayson Hopkins, Hunter Bryant, and Komet and a huge drop off after that. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know that any sneaks into the first round, but he's a guy I would be shocked if he gets out of the second round. Oh uh, yeah, I, he got a second round grade from the advisory board, I believe. And yeah, I, I feel like if he might be able to sneak in, I, I don't know. I don't think any are going to sneak into the first round, but he I might don't, be able. To. I don't think so either. Uh, also, UCLA tight end Devin Asiasi, uh, kind of surprise one. Again, had a big year for UCLA, a Michigan transfer. Um, mm-hmm. Bigger body, like 6'3", mm-hmm. 280. Uh, I think he's just a guy who's trying to take advantage of the weak class and coming off a pretty big year uh, at UCLA where not a lot of people were putting up numbers. Makes sense. Fair enough. Good for him. Yeah, I think blocking's kind of where he's going to have to make his money. Yeah. Uh, sure. And then two, dare I say, first-round picks – uh, Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray and Ohio State corner Jeff Okuda. Uh, you can very much dare to say that, and you'll probably very much be correct. Ralph. Especially about Okuda, top 10 player in the draft, potentially the third overall pick to the Lions. Uh, everything you want in a corner. The the, the best corner in a really deep class uh, yep. in the Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore mold. Um, I mean, he, he is everything. Even We talked about him already uh, in the last episode, but... His, his performance against the Clemson's receivers was awesome. Absolutely. And, and then with Kenneth, and, Kenneth Murray in a weak linebacker class, if Moses doesn't declare, he could be the first one off the board. Yeah, I mean, if you don't consider Isaiah Simmons, but yeah. Uh, well, I, I I don't know. I, I've seen people kind of all over on Isaiah Simmons. I, I think Isaiah Simmons is a top 12 player in this draft, but mm-hmm. uh, Kenneth Murray, I think, sinking in the back end of the first round for sure, especially if they, people yeah. are talking about him running a 4-4. Or in the four yeah. fours, like if he does that, look how yeah. high we saw Devin Bush go after how yeah. fast he ran. Um, I think, I think, like if you ask me right now, I would say Kenneth Murray's going to be first round. Yeah, uh, Twitter mock this week, I mocked him. I think to the Packers at twenty eight. Um, wow. Yeah, he's he's a guy who I think there was more of a perception that he was awesome heading into the year, and the tape didn't necessarily match that, and he took such a big leap this year as a junior. Hey Rob, what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle again? I, I I'm blanking. Rob Paul saying. NFL. Subscribe. Well, you can go. You can go. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Find me on TikTok. 
Yeah, you do have an account. Drop it. No, <laughs> I'm I'm already viral. So yeah, you are. Uh, okay, and a couple guys announced they're staying in school. Kind of the the biggest one we we somewhat talked about already. Uh, Jamie Newman at Wake Forest. He's gonna grad transfer, uh, and we're hearing Oregon is the favorite. That is pretty interesting, Rob. I, um, well, I was thinking because they were talking after seeing Oregon win the Rose Bowl the other night. I, I was thinking it, it's they're built to be a top ten team going forward under Mario Cristobal. The way he's recruited, the way they've built in the trenches, yeah. their defense is playing so such dominant football. They're going to lose a lot of guys yeah. to the NFL draft, but they they've recruited so well. But the quarterback position was kind of the big mystery heading into next year. It's not like. Mm-hmm. They have a, a guy in the wings that is ready to replace Justin Herbert. So if they can pull Jamie Newman uh, to Jeez. bridge that gap for a year and his skill set um, uh, as both a yeah. runner and a strong-armed pocket passer. Fits that. Yeah. He, Fits he, what they do a lot. He, he's got a similar like arm talent and athleticism to Justin Herbert. And I think they would be smart to take more advantage of what he does on the ground. Because obviously, Justin Herbert, we knew was a great athlete, didn't really use it at all until the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I know. It's almost like they were saving him a bit. Yeah, and like having that with Jamie Newman, who doesn't have the injury history that a Justin Herbert has, so maybe you'd Mm -hmm. be less scared. I think that's just, that would be such a home run get for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, I think it would just be massive for the program. Yes. Uh, we also heard Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book will be returning to school. Not a shocker. Nope. Kind of in that Shea Patterson range of quarterback. Yeah. Uh, a guy who I think could be maybe a backup in the NFL for a while. So being able to go back, uh, have another year of production, senior bowl type, potentially. Uh, I mean, I got a Colt McCoy comp on him. So That's a sick comp. Thank you. Uh, and then a couple of big names, Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace, who obviously was having mm-hmm. an elite year, probably would have been a Bolitnikoff finalist again, tore his ACL. He announced he'll be uh, returning to Stillman, and I'm pretty excited about this one because, again, deep deep receiver class this year, deep one next year, but he's going to be the, one of the best seniors in the country next year, the top senior receiver in the country most likely. Uh, yeah. A guy who, before the injury, I think could have stuck it in the back end of the first round. Uh, he's going to be beloved by draft Twitter in 2021. I think, like again, uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think he could, like in in the in the August mock, mo- I was going to say months, but I said mocks. In the August mocks, I think he could easily go. Uh, I think he'll be like a unanimous first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I got here. I already dropped a comp for book. Uh, my Wallace one's Emmanuel Sanders. Whoa. Can't stop, won't stop. I love, I love Tyler Moss. He's a really good football player. So. He is. Uh, also, another really good football player. Alabama offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood announced he'll be returning. A little bit of a surprise here, Rob. Yeah, especially because we're seeing... I mean, the Bama guys, it's been kind of weird. We talked about Moses. Who is doing... A, he made it seem like he was going to declare last time he did a, like, a press conference. Didn't uh, and is going to in the future. But uh, Leatherwood returning... Maybe the NFL didn't love him as much as we kind of do. There's some rumblings about that. Because obviously only one year is the starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. Lots of athleticism, sweet feet, not an overly aggressive guy, not the best run block in the world. So in a pretty deep offensive tackle class, maybe the NFL didn't love him. 
Yeah, I think that's possible. And I, I do think if he goes back, he's only going to help his stock. But Yeah. Yeah, well, he he's the kind of the guy most of us thought of being probably the offensive tackle available in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Which I'm or the early 30s or yeah. So going back and trying to make a push to be offensive tackle two next year to Penae Sewell, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, also, Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis, uh, just a redshirt sophomore, so not surprising he's returning. But I think he was the attitude of that offensive line this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like all of the underclassmen on the offensive line will be returning, which is huge for the Buckeyes. Uh, yeah. Not surprising he is, but I think a guy who could make a big first-round push next year. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I think, like, if you ask me right now, I think he'd go top 60 next year. I know it's so fucking early. He's but, very, very uh, good. He's very good, exactly. Uh, and then finally, uh, Quincy Roche, the Temple Edge, who is grad transferring as well. Uh, Oregon, go get him it's too. Yeah, might as well. That's an interesting grad transfer. I'm kind of surprised. Um. Very productive this year at Temple. I mean, it's going to be low-key interesting to see where he lands. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we will keep you updated on Senior Bowl and Declaration News as uh, the deadlines approach and the Senior Bowl approaches. Exciting time of year. All right. NFL Week 17, rookie superlatives time. Let's start with the rookie QB rundown. God, it's going to be a mean week. Um, <laughs> starting with her boy, David Blau. Okay. <laughs> no, I have only no? good things to say about David Blau. First of all, he almost no. I'm uh, you know I'm I'm a David Blau stan, Rob. He almost beat the Packers, and I would have given the Seahawks a chance to win the bye. And I'm kind of glad that they lost because I would have snapped at the end of that football game. Um, <laughs> but he caught a touchdown. He kept them. In That's the game. true. That that, that was Blau. the peak. That was the peak of his game. Absolutely. What a, what a trick play. That was awesome. I was so happy. Yeah, other than the touchdown grab, not a great game from David Blau. Saw a take on Twitter even that uh, the Lions are ready to groom him into being the start of the future, which I thought was a hot take about an undrafted rookie who's looked terrible for three weeks. I used to, uh, Yeah, that's a hot take, Rob. If I ever did see one, that's a hot take. Uh, I think generally our take about David Blau stays the same. It's not his fault that he's an undrafted rookie being forced to start. Uh, and he, he, he's shown enough to stick around in the league. And I think that's the most you can ask for. 100% from like agree. Him. I would say the Lions offseason uh, direction with the quarterback position should be based on how they feel about Matthew Stafford's health, mm-hmm. getting a more veteran presence in there behind him, and potentially getting David Blau either on the practice squad or as that quarterback three. Yeah, I've, uh, I think I agree with you. But he's shown enough to stick around in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He's, he's better than some backups. He's better than Mason Rudolph. <laughs> this is uh, true. He's also probably better than Will Greer, who had his uh, second start cut short against the Saints, but before going out injured, he threw for four yards and an interception on one of eight passes. Uh, Will Greer looks like he's not an NFL football player. <laughs> Yeah, so neither of us were very high on Will Greer. No. And he is shot lower than our expectations. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought Will Greer could be a high-end NFL backup. Case Keenum, like, mm-hmm. at his best, at at his worst. Spot start Early guy, Case yeah. Keenum. 
Yeah. 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 But in, I know it's two starts in his rookie year with a coaching change, but it's not like the Panthers lack a ton of weapons. Like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis no. Samuel. Kyle Allen looks pretty good when he's in there. Like, like compared to Will Greer, I mean. Uh, so I wonder how long Will Greer's leash is with this franchise. Uh. Especially with a potentially new uh, direction in the front office mm-hmm. and a new head coach coming in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still can't believe they picked him where they did, Ralph. My takeaway is don't draft quarterbacks who shouldn't be day two picks on day two. Yeah. When you've got a franchise quarterback. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I get the idea because of Cam Newton's health. Yeah, but, but they, they kind of... Spending that draft capital yeah. on a team that, in theory, should be competing. Yeah. And a quarterback you've overdrafted. And especially when they saw, like, enough from Kyle Allen to think that he could be a backup quarterback. Yeah, very strange. But that's Marty Herney for you. He's old, just a strange guy. Old crazy Marty, as we like to call him. Yeah, gotta love Marty Herney. Can't wait till he's Washington's GM. Get back with Rivera. Yeah. Uh, okay, on, on to potentially actual starting quarterbacks going forward. Uh, Drew Locke, decent closeout game uh, for his rookie season against the Raiders. Um, touchdown, got the win. Mm-hmm. They, they went, what, 4-1 and one with him as the starter. That, that wasn't just because he was the starter. Obviously, their defense played better football down the stretch. Um, they kind of found some consistency on offense with him, of course. But the the Broncos look like a team that could potentially be trending up. Depends what direction they go in the offseason, uh, how they address the offensive line and playmaker spots. But I'm, I'm you got to feel pretty good if you're John Elway in the Broncos with what you saw with Drew Locke in this final game and as a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, a good draft, couple free agent signings, and Drew Locke building on what he's – done already uh they could be like a sneaky wildcard team sooner rather than later yeah because you got to think year two Vic Fangio has that defense take it up a notch yeah, for sure uh especially if they potentially draft some more defensive line help um and then on offense getting kind of Cortland Sutton that running made at receiver and then obviously Noah Fant flashed uh it was mm-hmm. inconsistent but he flashed a ton and you'd like Dalton Reisner's a hit um, and you just got gotta build that offensive line for sure. But you're feeling pretty good. Uh, Kyler Murray closed out his season in an exciting fashion against the Rams. They lost, but over 300 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Kyler gave you everything you hoped to see from him as a rookie. Yep. And uh, this game, I mean, considering what's around him, keeping them in games at times, uh, and, and just clearly being such a rock on fit in the Cliff Kingsbury yeah. offense is huge. Uh he is I mean who would you rather have right now? Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield? I think that's a really interesting question because obviously heading into this season, Baker Mayfield was oh, he's definitely a top fifteen quarterback. And I like I'm not shitting on people who thought that because I thought that mm-hmm. uh he had arguably the best rookie season at quarterback. Um and then it's like, I know there's so much change in Cleveland, but I, I almost want to say Kyler Murray's the safer pick. Do we get Kingsbury with him or like their situations or just purely uh, based on You're that? the GM. Would you hire Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> yeah, sure, Cliff. Come on over, buddy. But would you would you hire Freddie? Uh, no. Sorry, Freddie. 
But uh, I just, to me, right now, after what we've seen from Baker in two years and Kyler in one, Kyler's the safer pick. Baker has more upside. Uh, Obviously, two of the best young rookie backs. Like, obviously not giving up on Baker Mayfield by any means. Mm -hmm. But I I think there's just more work to do with Baker Mayfield than we previously thought. Kyler Murray's also a perfect fit in that Kingsbury system. That's why, obviously, you mentioned Kingsbury. And then yes. Baker's going into his third offensive coordinator. We got to see what direction they go in the front office and uh, in in the coaching staff. I really, really hope they don't mess this up again because I just even as a Steelers fan, I want to see yeah. Baker Mayfield reach his potential. I know for sure. I mean, so going back to your original question, I'll, I'll give the slight nod to Baker Mayfield, but it's close. And again, the situations are just clearly in Kyler Kyler's favor. So, and we always talk about with young passers, situation is everything. Yeah, uh, and that's why it's really interesting. Washington gets their most stable coach in a long time in Ron Rivera for <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, and the offensive coordinator hire is going to be really interesting to see yep. which direction they go. Yeah, but. You you have some hope as a Washington fan with that, and obviously for Daniel Jones, it depends what direction Gettleman and the Maras go at head coach. But you already don't feel good that Gettleman's the head coach. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, or I mean, GM, GM. I, I say head coach. It's okay. We, maybe he's going to make himself head coach, Rob. I mean, he, he's hiring computer folks, so he's changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, software. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I love how he just threw software in there. <laughs> it's just learning. Uh, D- Daniel Jones had uh, not a great showing to close at the season against the Eagles. Uh, lost another fumble, as he does, through a pick, over 300 yards. I think he's kind of been exactly what we thought. He's going to be an inconsistent quarterback, mm-hmm. but have some high highs, some low lows, and essentially be that twenty, like high 20s quarterback, like 20th best quarterback in the league. At Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Just keep saying Alex, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, but like, yeah, I guess, yeah. Alex Smith, and I don't know. Do do you take that top ten? Uh, no, you don't. But you did so to both of them. I can't wait to see what they do with the fourth pick. They really, really should address the offensive line. But I don't know. When when Dave Gettleman and his analytic computer folk can get another big defensive lineman, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be Neville. If Gallimore. Derek Brown's there, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> if they if they're like he's 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 gonna throw money at Leonard Williams and he's gonna be like I can get Leonard Williams, B.J. Hill, mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, Derek <laughs> Brown all together. How can you run against that? You can't. They're gonna be the best run defense in the league and the worst run de- or pass defense, but it's fine. <laughs> Run, run the ball, stop the run. Uh, we also saw Gardner Minshew close out his season well enough to save Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell's jobs? Maybe. But he had to well, definitely... They did get their job saved. I know. Uh, are you sure? Yes. I'm not. Sneak firing what? coming up, my prediction. I'm joking. Uh, Minshew's definitely, definitely his best performance since being renamed the starter, though. Yeah, um... I don't love bringing back Caldwell and Doug Marone, but here we are. Uh, and Gardner Minshew, probably you got to expect him to be starting quarterback next season. I, d- I don't – oh, sorry, just going back to this. I, I don't understand how they just think Tom Coughlin was the only issue. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I'm not a Doug Marone guy. Not nor are you. We've never been. No. Uh, never been Dave Caldwell guys either. No. Although he, someone on Twitter has told me that Dave Caldwell is the guy who put together the AFC champion almost Jaguars team, and that Tom Coughlin was the problem. So. Spot the lie. I mean, Dave Caldwell's got like one of the worst records as a GM in the NFL, but hey. <laughs> Here we are. It's just the leash for Dave Caldwell has been enormous and crazy. It's shocking. I don't know, man. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to have Tony Khan, Shaq Khan's son, have a bigger role in the front office, and he's a really analytic, heavy guy, Mm -hmm. and he is close with Doug Marone. So I think that's probably got something to do with it, just keeping the continuity. Um, uh, they're a really interesting team to see going forward. Like, Yannick Ngakwe, I don't think is there's there's no way he wants to re-sign no, there. No, So they're either going to have to franchise him or let him go. And Ngakwe's uh, going to get paid if he hits the market. I hope he does. Me too. Uh, but, yeah, they're one of the more interesting off-seasons. And I think, honestly, because they're bringing everybody back, we've talked about what direction Jag should go with the quarterback position. It just seems more and more likely that Gardner Minshew will be the starter in year two. Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, the flashes were bright, and there was, like you said, this was his best start since he was renamed the starter, mm-hmm. and it was perfect Gardner Minshew. It was. Uh, and then finally, Doug, Doug Hodges. We don't really have to talk about him, do we? Uh, no, I don't care. <laughs> he, he, he needed to do something, and he did nothing. But it didn't matter, so it's okay. Is that it's a good well, way? Well put. Yeah, Thank you. Summed it up. <laughs> the Steelers couldn't beat the Ravens starters, but in the Steelers' defense, most of their offensive starters are dead. <laughs> Duck Hodges has done enough to be the on the roster. Yeah, I agreed. I agree with you. Or practice squad, at least. No, he, he, he's good enough to be on the roster. No, they're going to talk themselves into making Mason Rudolph the QB2, trust me. Yeah, probably. I know this team well. I hate it. Uh, okay, enough of that. Oh, wait, let me ask you. What's up? Bef- before we move out of the co- rookie QB rundown, we'll we'll do an episode where we kind of break down our entire rookie season takeaway. But after Kyler Murray, who is the most impressive rookie quarterback? It. I know it's weird because the sample sizes are different. Drew Locke had five games. Daniel Jones had nearly an entire uh, season. Yeah. Okay. So, by the term impressive, I'm going to say Gardner Minshew. If you ask me who I feel the best about after Kyler Murray, I'd say Drew Locke. Okay, so if my question was, if you could start your franchise with any rookie quarterback not named Kyler Murray, who is your pick? Uh, Based only on this year, no pre-draft stuff? No, based on it all. Based on what you thought pre-draft, what you saw from them as rookies. Is it still Dwayne Haskins? I think so. It is for me. Yeah, I think it would be. Especially because he played so much better down the stretch and given the situation he was in. Yeah, I I, I would still choose Haskins. And after that would be Drew Locke. And then Jones. And then Minshew. Minshew, yeah. Or Ryan Finley or Jake (laughs) Delegata. I don't think you've ever said his name's the same twice, which I respect. I, I'm not even certain. I'm, I know how it's how <laughs> to spell it. So. Uh, anyway, final rookie of the weeks, week seventeen. Uh, pr- pretty fun week. Uh, yeah. Pr- pretty fun seeing a lot of irrelevant football games and games that should have been relevant, but the Steelers didn't show up, so it wasn't relevant and just hurt. 
Lots of uh, random so, rookies got playing time this week, which is fun. Yeah, very. Uh, who's your offensive rookie of the week this week? Uh, I went with the guy that I think I'm going to give the nod for offensive rookie of the year to. Spoilers for future content, I guess. AJ Brown, again. So my, he is also mine. I figured he'd be yours. He had the most important game and yes. the biggest game among offensive rookies. Correct. Four for 124 and touchdown against the Texans in a must-win game. Uh, my, my question was going to be to you. Is, has he done enough down the stretch to be the offensive rookie of the year? And you, you say yes. I say yes, and it's very close. And I say yes, and it's very close. And if Josh Jacobs didn't get hurt. I think he would have kept it. Me too. I know there are people making the argument out there that like he's only losing it because he got hurt. But that to me, that does matter. It, like it's, it's not fair to him, but it does but matter. But to break a tie, it matters. Yeah, yeah, and and again, like he he almost single handedly changed the well. I mean, Tannehill, but you know what I mean. He was the biggest part playmaker on that offense, and they got to the playoffs. Yeah, I right? mean, you, as a Titans fan, you must be so happy, not only because of Tannehill and AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, like all three of them, yeah. put this offense together down the stretch, got yeah. you to the playoffs, carried them. Uh, yeah, AJ Brown looks like a monster, Juju Smith Schuster flash type of plays. Um, and you just you've got your wide receiver one. Corey Davis didn't live up to it, but you've you've got AJ Brown, and mm-hmm. damn, that must feel good. Hey, Corey Davis could be a decent wide receiver too, Ralph. I'll Still never give up. It. I'll never. Give uh, up. I think the more interesting question: Who's your defensive rookie of the week? I uh, I struggled finding the guy here, Rob. Um, I knew my guy right away. I'll, I'll, that's my flex. I flex of the week. <laughs> I end up going with the. Most important performance, and I chose Drake, uh, Drake Greenlaw for the okay, that, that also mine. Yeah, who who would you have? De- I mean, you knew you right away. I thought about Max Crosby because he, he put up some numbers, but again, uh, Greenlaw what 13 tackles TFL and the massive stop to win the Niners the game. Yeah, so even before the most important play of his season, yeah. I thought he was playing awesome football. Absolutely. He had a hell of a game, he, obviously. Yeah, he, he's been one of the best pleasant surprises as a rookie. For since sure. He, even when, before Quan Alexander got hurt, when he was playing and on special teams, he was flashing. Yeah. And then as the role increased, his play increased. And they feel great about that, that linebacker trio going forward, I'm sure. But, yeah, he was everywhere against the Seahawks and then made the biggest play of the game. Both games against Seattle this year, he just fucking showed up. Draft athletic, aggressive linebackers on day three. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the definition of a special teams linebacker. <laughs> you work it into every show. It's impressive. Uh, well, it's my favorite thing. It's because I know that's what I could have been if I was born in, like, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Maybe, t- like, two inches taller. That's kind of a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listeners, I'm 6'3". <laughs> yeah. I like, my, I like my linebackers big. Anyway, like, what you could be a five eleven linebacker. I know it's okay, Rob. I'm not trying to slight you. If London Fletcher is listening, I'm so sorry that AJ's being so rude. Yes. Height. Sorry, London. And Zach Thomas is a Hall of Fame finalist. Sorry, Zach. Worst rookie. Will Greer's my answer. <laughs> my too, Rob. Good work. I I really wanted to not because it, a lot of the time it's these bad rookie quarterbacks. I really really wanted to pick somebody else, but he was so bad mm-hmm. and it was. And such a small sample size, but it was just so bad. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like you said, to the point where it feels like he might not be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he was really bad, Rob. <laughs> like, I, could, 
I could see him being the Argos QB two, getting those QB sneaks for first downs. That'd be sick. I'm not gonna lie, I, I like that. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, over under two and a half years till Will Greer's in the XFL. It feels like the under. I don't want to. He's gonna be the face of the XFL. I I think he'd do well in the XFL. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to kill they, Will Greer, but like they he, could market the hell out of him in the XFL. They could like, like I don't know. Put a team. Put a team in West Virginia. Ooh, there's the idea. There it is. But yeah, I, I know you don't want to kill him, but it's just, it was so... It was fucking bad. It was bad. Like, he got outplayed by Duck Hodges and David Blau this year. <laughs> yeah. Again, the sample size is so small, but that is absolutely Ry- true. Ryan Finley was better than him, and Ryan Finley was terrible. Yeah, Ryan Finley was better than him. Every quarterback who played meaningful snaps was better than Will Greer. A lot of quarterbacks, yeah. And like a lot of quarterbacks that went after him. Which is yes, and I think part of the problem is he had so much hype just because he was such a great college quarterback. Yeah, that two pe- people are too high on him, especially like the the general fan. I'll say yeah, because they know him. Yeah, even if you didn't watch college football, you knew who Will Greer was. Rob, the throw against Texas to win the game. I mean, I did see that, <laughs> but Texas is back. They dominate bowl games. That's true. Uh, okay, primetime star. Uh, there's only one primetime game. I know. I picked three guys from it. Cause oh, my. I'm going to, I mean, you can name a bunch. I think the, the star of the show, though, was Debo Samuel. If you had to choose one, is that your pick? That's what I want to know. No, because Dre, Dre Greenlaw. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> DK was good, too. Uh, but, no, I, I picked Debo Samuel. Again, the, the 102 yards on five catches, and then the two carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. He's perfect in this offense. Yeah, they finally, like, I don't want to say they finally figured out how to use him, but they're using him perfectly now. And him and Emmanuel Sanders with George Kittle, like, that is the Mm -hmm. Shanahan wet dream of wide receiver duo and tight end who blocks his ass off but is also an elite athlete and pass catcher. And Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, like, Kyle Shanahan has slowly but surely put together his dream offense. It's true. And then next year, Jalen Hurts is going to slide right in. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's not him. Dante Pettis, please. So, you chose Dre Greenlaw. But, yeah. I mean, you could go him, Debo Samuel. I thought Nick Bosa had a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Here's a question. Yep. Uh, obviously, Tyler Lockett is the wide receiver one. He's yeah. in that... Taking over as the Doug Baldwin. Yep. DK Metcalf's the power forward on the outside. How early would you want Seattle to look at that third receiver option in this draft? Uh, I want them to be looking at it Sunday with John or Sua. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, third round. Third round? Yeah, that kind of feels like the right spot, especially in a deep class. Yeah, yes. I don't know who I want, though, but third round. I can't wait till we get closer and uh, you have your guy for them in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Be, be that Sydney Rice. Oh, yeah. They miss Sydney Rice so badly. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, both these teams, considering both big playoff teams, have big rookie performances week in and week out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Seattle, it's kind of just DK Metcalf. Yes, it is. Because, uh, not to name names, but LJ Collier <laughs> doesn't really do anything. Um, Literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but damn, 
the NFC West, the more I think about it, the more excited I am. But like the Rams are in by far the worst spot. I the cap situation is just a nightmare there too. And and they don't have any draft pick, first round pick till twenty twenty two. Yeah. And I mean like Taylor Rapp certainly had a good rookie season, but he's not someone who's gonna yeah. Fix anything. Oh, Henderson yeah. did nothing for them this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we've talked about that before. Like, that's not great. But and, the production from the right side of the line for LA was, was pretty good, the rookies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I just I just mean, like, it feels like, well, Seattle's always there. The 49ers have finally made the leap. The Cardinals are trending in the right direction. The Rams are just kind of trending in the wrong direction. Agreed. With so many problems in terms of cap space and draft capital going forward. Agreed. 100%. Poor Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, okay, underwhelming performance in Week 17? You know, I, I didn't find a clear-cut one. So this one's... I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I think it was a little bit harder, especially because, again, Week 17, we were seeing rookies play more bigger roles because games weren't as meaningful. Yeah. Uh, or rookies playing less... Important rookies playing exactly. lesser roles because of that as exactly. well. So for this category, it ended up being hard. Um, so I probably, like I said, probably unfair to the guy... I chose Darius Slayton though. Wasn't a terrible game by any measure. Four catches for fifty yards. But in the in the season ender, is that a word? I don't know. I just wanted to see him go out with a just a massive performance against this injured, struggling Eagles secondary. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's fair. Um Didn't I, help I, that I, Daniel I, Jones struggled too, but No. I I guess just if we were to look at this draft class he was one of the most pleasant surprises. Absolutely. So the fact that he's gotten this, his, the way we view him so high up that this was an underwhelming performance and not a, not a necessarily a big game, but it, it could have been like a, a positive culture win if they kind of knocked the Eagles from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And But think about it. If, if he didn't have the season he had and considering his, his draft slot – if he came into this game and had four catch for fifty yards, we'd be like, "Oh, this was an impressive performance from Darius Slayton." Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> he just so outplayed his draft spot. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Giants' pass, or not even just, but just skill position in general, looks so good going forward. I mean, Caden Smith even had a, another nice game here. Yep. Where oh. it's like he's probably locked in as your tight end two to Evan Engram next year. Yep, for sure. It's just that offensive line needs to be addressed, but their offense, in theory, on papers. Trending so positively in the right direction, and you know Daniel Jones can be a successful quarterback when surrounded with weapons. Mm-hmm. You just need to build that offensive line. Who'd you choose this week, Rob? Similar idea. Um, I just Hollywood Brown. I, I thought about Hollywood. He's probably my second choice. Not a big important game. The, the game didn't matter. Robert Griffin started for them. Yeah, but Hollywood was pretty irrelevant throughout the game, and he's had a handful of games like that this season. Yeah, uh, the Ravens' offense operates so heavily through Lamar's ability on the ground and the tight ends in the passing game. But since the start of the year where he, he what, the first three games he was so hot, yeah. it's been very little since then. So it was just kind of like the back end of his season was underwhelming. This game was underwhelming. Didn't really notice him throughout the game. Um, it's not obviously, like I said, not all on him by any means. There's, there's different fa- factors that go into that. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to see him – have a, a like a flashy play here or there, and uh, he hasn't in a while. No, that's fair. I mean, I agree though. It's like it's not all on him. RG three started. They probably didn't want to use him too too much, anyways. Um, let's see him in the divisional round. 
if he if if he has another two two grab twenty five yard game and the the Ravens lose or squeak one out, then then you can say all the you know let's see it right. And it's interesting because if you look at the Ravens receiver core, like you would think potentially they'd be looking at receiver on the first two days of the draft this year in such a nice class, right? Yeah. Um, but they're so heavily involved with using their tight ends, yeah, that it's. I, I almost don't know. It's and, like you've got Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed. And then you you think Boykin's going to take another step. Yeah, so I, I don't know how early they'd be just because the way that offense is built under Greg Roman mm-hmm. and the heavy tight end use. And Mark Andrews is almost like they, like they use all three tight ends so much that Mark Andrews is basically their wide receiver one. Yeah. And then they use the other two tight ends as tight ends. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I just wonder how early they would be considering it just because of the way their offense is built. Yeah. Uh, who looks like a hit for you this week? Uh, I'm going with Montez Sweat, who had a quiet rookie season. Probably his best game uh, of the season in a big blow to the Cowboys. But five tackles, two sacks, had a strip sack with Dak. Uh, a couple more hurries and a, a quarterback hit. Just a nice way to see him finish the season, actually showing up, uh, producing a bit. The, one, the strip sack was a bit of like, it's not like he beat his guy, just Dak... It was more of a coverage sack, and Dak broke the pocket, and he got there. But still, with that, with the potential, um, got to be excited for his future. Yeah, especially because they're like, I mean, unless something goes horribly wrong, they're going to be taking Chase Young. Yeah. So if Montez Sweat is your in theory your number two pass rusher, yep. where he's getting a lot of one on ones, and you, we know he's got such athletic upside and awesome length. And uh, I, I think he, he's got a bright future across from a guy like Chase Young. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what they do with Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's still good, but he's obviously getting up there. You know, they're going to move to a 4-3, which is going to be interesting just to see how all these guys' roles end up. Which I think is a benefit to Montez Sweat's skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I fair. think he, he, he's better with his hand in the dirt. Yeah. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's Ryan Kerrigan, so he works other way. Doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I, I wonder if they would look to maybe trade Kerrigan to a contender because, like you said, he's still got something in the tank for sure. He's one of the best players in franchise history, one of the most underrated players of this decade. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if they would. I be would more interested in trading him to a contender or having that threesome. I I would, and I would have done it like two years ago. Not not yeah, not at fault of Ryan Kerrigan, just because to get the most value for him. Yeah, but you put, you put yourself in Bruce Allen's head. That's uh, what are never, you talking about? I know. I got Ryan Kerrigan. He's the most underrated player in the world. So we're the best team. Did you see Dan Snyder say Happy Thanksgiving or something? <laughs> yeah. He's, first off, I just want to say Happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, what? <laughs> Washington's the best. Do you think Ron Rivera, when he heard that, instantly regretted going there? Because he could have gone anywhere. He could have been the Giants head coach. Uh, he was pretty excited. Yeah, but he's just a nice guy. He, he is feels a nice bad guy. for old Dan. <laughs> Dan's not even that old. <laughs> he's just losing his marbles. Yeah. That made me like Dan Steiner so much more. <laughs> Maybe he just like hasn't had a press conference since Thanksgiving. He just wanted to say it. What if Dan Steiner ends up being a good owner? He just had to get away from Bruce Allen. Imagine. Be sick. Uh, I put Devin Bush down. He had a okay. really, really nice game against the Ravens mm-hmm. where you saw him sideline to sideline, thumping. I, I don't know if I put him here yet, but um, that defense has all the tools. If Ben Roethlisberger can come back and be the 15th best quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. they're the, four, or the five or six seed next year, in my opinion, with that defense and that offensive line still being what it is. 
we've talked about it a bit, but I'm excited for a uh, year two of Devin Bush because I think like the coming. yeah the past defense especially I think he's gonna make that leap or and if he doesn't I'll be sad Rob I'm excited for this defense next year because of that and because of another like Minka Fitzpatrick getting an off season yeah with yeah. this team for sure and, yeah uh, I know the way he produced just walking in the door for like, what week two ri- yes just ridiculous yeah. and then um I I mean they gotta pay Bud Dupree mm-hmm. but. That that defense is a lot of it's going to be back next year, uh, and I I don't know what direction I want them to go uh, in, in the draft. To be honest, obviously no first round pick, but you know, pretty J- up in the air in my mind. Jacob Eason, Jacob Eason, no, no. <laughs> okay, relax, man. It's not worth it. I, they, they also they they would take somebody else. They're they they don't they don't know what they're doing. They can't draft corners and they can't draft quarterbacks to be Ben Roethlisberger's successor. It's true they can't. Uh, who looks like a miss? Let's talk more Pittsburgh Steelers, Rob. This whole show's for you. You know that. I'm going with Dante, Deontay Johnson. I was, I mean, I think oh, okay. the the whole world was kind of surprised where they uh, they picked him. Not Rob though. But I was. I know how I know how they draft the receiver. Yeah, I was surprised. I was a little skeptical. I was lower on him, but I mean the fifty-nine catches, six hundred eighty yards, five touchdowns, and a return touchdown this year led the team um, in the, this week versus Baltimore. Just a way better rookie season than I ever anticipated, uh, especially after Ben went down and how good his like his season's going to be slept on because of how many great wide receivers there were as rookies. Uh, he, Roethlisberger, if Roethlisberger can return, like I said, even being the 15th best quarterback in the league, Deontay Johnson is going to thrive next year because this is the type of receiver Roethlisberger yeah. loves to have. And he led all rookie receivers in receptions, which feels like no one's mentioned. So No, he, he also, I'm pretty sure, led the NFL in uh, average uh, separation yards per route run. Well, I, I don't believe in these advanced stands, stats, Rob. Uh, yeah, but I could have just made that up. So. Fuck, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think. You, hey, fantasy players, draft Deontay Johnson earlier draft next year. Wow, thanks. Uh, I put Michael Dieter down. Okay, yeah. The Dolphins' left guard. I know that offensive line in general yeah. is bad, but he looked really bad against the Patriots. He's looked pretty bad all season. I thought he'd be a instant plug and play guy. Obviously, he plugged, but he didn't play that well. Um, again, you you want to see him with more competency around him on the offensive line, but just seeing his issues in pass protection every mm-hmm. week has me worried. Like he 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 had flashes of competence, but you need to see more than that from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just again, it comes back to the pass protection thing. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of the, the the flashes came in the run game, but the pass protection is an issue. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who needs to step it up? Obviously, this kind of only play, uh, applies to guys who will be playing in the playoffs. Exactly. So I went with the rookie whose team needs him the most to show up this weekend. Uh, I went with Nikhil Harry. I did too. Oh my gosh! Finish your drink. Wow, we have, we don't match too often, like unless the obvious ones, but in these lesser categories, good work. Yeah, he four touches, thirty-eight yards against yep. the Dolphins. Uh, you, you just want to see him maybe break one of these screen passes or end arounds for mm-hmm. a, a, a big flashy play. Yeah, um, because yeah, they they need it. They kind of lack consistency from playmakers. I'm that it's it's not a good group of playmakers for that offense. Yeah, it's also going to double suck if Harry has a bad game and AJ Brown just goes off on them. 
Oh, yeah, that would not look great. No. Uh, who's not ready to play? I put Will Greer, Duck Hodges, and David Blau. Yeah, those are all correct answers. Do you have anyone yes. else? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I, you could have had all those. You know what I went with? Kind of a low shot by me, Rob. I went with okay. Greedy Williams. It just this is more of like a week seventeen thing. It just didn't look like he wanted to be out there at times. I mean, that comes back to obviously exactly yeah issues well, the, NFL LCO. teams had with him coming at LSU. Yeah, and, and because you, especially before the hamstring injury early in the season, yeah, he just looked like oh they are set at corner exactly, and then because he's such a natural athlete and he's so long and smooth and. But this is obviously the big problem that could come back. To, like I, I don't want to say he had a bad rookie season or anything, but he dropped off a bit. And then this week, just tackling didn't look like he had any interest in it. I mean, a uh, full offseason with the new staff, I hope he has a big second year, and I think he'll bounce back. But just, yeah, this is some of the issues that pointed back to the LCU days. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something to track going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, best day three rookie? Uh, I got a long list. Let's do it quick. Gardner Minshew. Again, we already talked about because he had the big bounce back game. Someone else you mentioned, Caden Smith. Eight catches, 98 yards. Where did that come from, Rob? Mark Bavaro 2.0. Retweet. <laughs> retweet. Uh, again, Hunter Renfro you could put here. Six catches, 102, a touchdown. Almost one in the game, but they couldn't get the, the two-point conversion. <laughs> and Max Crosby staying in the Raiders. Second and a half, five tackles. There's a lot of good day three rookies this week, Rob. And Dre Greenlaw was a day three rookie. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Good point. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we had some treats from day three rookies in week 17. Indeed. Uh, and, and all season, even. It's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I just put Greenlaw and Renfro, but, I, again, anyone you just named totally fits. Yeah. Uh, guess what? What? Is this our third straight week? Because I'm assuming you also have him. Steven Sims. Steven Sims as the best undrafted rookie. Was he the best undrafted rookie in football? Ooh. Uh... Preston Williams before he went down, if you count that. But three straight weeks from Steven Sims. I, I, I mean, to me, the, the three best off the top of my head are Steven Sims, Preston Williams, and then Deontay Harris for the Saints and what yeah. he did as a return man. Yeah. And Duck, oh, Nick, Nick, Duck, yeah, Duck Blau, I guess. Uh, Nick Needham with the Dolphins. And Nick Needham. Well. Yeah, I, I, get, I, I mean, I think Duck had a better year than Blau did because at least he won games, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, f- Steven Sims, though, the last three weeks, kind of out of nowhere that he just... Like, three He's, legit good games. Excuse me. <laughs> three legit good games. Uh, he's going to be their Taylor Gabriel-esque fourth wide receiver. The receivers are, although all very young, mm-hmm. it's such a promising group. Obviously, Terry McLaurin looks like a stud. Uh, Kelvin Harmon had flashes down the stretch. Yep. You've got Trey Quinn, who had some flashes early in the season. And then Steven Sims, who, again, the last three weeks of the year was one of the best rookie receivers. It, it's deep. It's deep and young. It, it feels like one more guy in that receiver room is set. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I mean, I don't know how early you take a guy, but, like, day, day, two, day two, if you could get in this class, like, you kind of I, – I don't even know what type of guy you're kind of looking at and targeting. It depends how you feel about the guys in the room right now. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know, honestly. Like, because they could use a bigger body guy. They could use a uh, another burner. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because like McLaurin can is that Z. He can play yeah. outside. He can play inside. He can burn. He can win on routes. Like he's your one. Yeah. So it just kind of depends. Do you feel good about Trey Quinn as your starting slot? Do you feel good about developing Kelvin Harmon to that big X? Yeah. Just 
or, or even Steven Sims in the slot. Like, it just kind of comes back to how you feel about those guys going forward and who fits where. That's a good point. You know what? I got a name. Justin Jefferson. If he falls. I love him so much. I think that's a good yeah. fit. Inside, outside a bit. Bit of the blend of the size and the speed. I like that one. Safe, too. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys who's going to translate right away. Yeah, I like that. Save that one, up. It's in my save notepad. In your spank bank. Anyways, let's move on. It's in my AJ notepad where I save your takes for later. The terrible ones only, though. Uh, rookies who flashed? I'm glad you said rookies. Multiple guys, baby. First and foremost, though, Travis Homer. Yeah, top of my list. Yeah, 10 carries, 62 yards. Plus, in the, in the passing game, 5 catches, 30 yards. And, like, you know, solid hands and making some guys miss and picking up those sneaky first downs. Chain mover. Impressive some of performance. Us aren't. Some of us aren't surprised. No, you you, you had higher uh, expectations for Travis Homer than I did. Big Travis Homer guy. He's, Love Travis Homer. It's good. Spark God-ish. Yeah, Spark God. Uh, he feels like, I mean, the the very nice change of pace, pass catching, special teams running back every team wants in their RB3. Yes. Yeah, he does it all. So, like, I think he'll stick around for a while in Seattle for sure. Agreed. Um, you can you go next, Rob, if you have more guys. Uh, McCole Hardman. I know... It, it came on special teams, but he is becoming like he instantly translated into this Pro Bowl return specialist yeah, for them. Yep. Uh, flashes on offense, but again had what a hundred and three yard kick return touchdown, I think. Yeah. Um, and he he's got again with the flashes on offense. I think he's gonna have a big leap in year two. Hopefully in the playoffs. I just want to see him get get him a little more consistently involved on offense. Yeah, no, that's why I think year two is the sweet spot for him. I, you're probably right, but I want to see be, it now or like, up. I, I think, like, I mean, the Sammy Watkins, I, I don't know what the direction they're going with him come next year, but, mm-hmm. like, Miko Hardman is going to kind of take over as that third option to Kelsey and Hill. Absolutely. Uh, oh, sorry, can I? Yeah, no, uh, can I? Uh, let me jump on. Let me jump on. Oh, my gosh, you sound so nervous. Go ahead. Oh, fuck, I am really nervous. I put uh, Amani Oriwari. I put him. Yeah, good game. Four tackles, a pick. That was a hell of an interception, too, off Rodgers. Yeah, he. Uh, him. I put him and Will Harris. I thought they both played really well against yeah, the Packers. It's a good one. Um, I threw our boy Riley Ridley down, too, because he, he, he made a couple too. plays. Yeah. I did, too. Yeah. I think that, that was a really promising game from him. Yep. And... At least going forward, obviously you have Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller was kind of quiet, but had a really nice year, especially down the stretch. Yeah, because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, so I think that's obviously your wide receiver one and two. Uh, Tennessee just recovered an onside kick in the Taxler Bowl, and I, uh, I'm it's, pretty happy. It's so close. It is. 420 on the clock, too. Wow. Smoke if uh, you got him. But yeah, like the Bears... Pass catchers are in in very nice shape with those uh, those three and Taylor Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anybody else for that? Nope. Out of nowhere, Rook? Uh, I got a couple names. I'll, I'll go first with Tommy Sweeney, who had five catches and 76 yards with the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Dawson Knox sat out. And where did that come from, Rob? I don't know. Yeah, he's going to make a living as that Anthony Fasano tight end, too. Yeah, do you look... He had a couple games early in the season, right? And just came out of nowhere back. So coming back out of nowhere, Rob. Uh, also, Ty Johnson, three carries, 65 yards. <laughs> Where did that come yeah. from? Who else do you got? Uh, I put Andrew Van Ginkle, the Dolphins yeah. linebacker from Wisconsin. I yeah. thought he played a really strong game against the run um, against New England. And 
they they they've got some interesting guys who I don't know Chris Greer I know his job as a GM has been criticized and whatnot mm-hmm. but so, uh, it's tough because they did move on from Mika so fast and Kenyon Drake and that doesn't look great but they got some uh, production of a handful of rookies this year especially. Like, not high-drafted rookies. Yeah, some UDFA guys, even. Yeah, and, and Van Ginkle just kind of fits that uh, New England role that I, uh, Brian Flores brings over in that, like, kind of tweener, pass-rushing, off-ball linebacker-style mm-hmm. player. Like, the Kyle Van Noys of the world. Yeah, for sure. He does. The Zach, Zach Bond is, like, the guy in this upcoming draft that you'd be looking at, also from Wisconsin. They always just have those guys. It's so funny. Yeah. Anyone else? Uh no, you? Nope. Finally, start the Rook, playoff edition. Yeah, kind of hard going into the playoffs. Um, I want Marquise Belair, but this is purely Quandre Diggs dependent. Um, I went with Hugo Amadi. Okay, I, I didn't Hugo like three times this year. So <laughs> I know you did. It's the correct, I mean, it's also a good answer. Okay, let's say both of them. So, first off, with Belair, uh, Diggs looks like he's going to play, but if there's a setback or he just doesn't look himself in the game, Go with Blair over over Delano Hill because Delano Hill played every snap, but he looked really bad. And Blair played like five snaps, but flashed. So give him a shot. You draft him in the second round. Um, let's see what you got. And again, he's looked good on specials. Play him. Yeah, I mean, say again, the same you, thing about Hugo, baby. <laughs> exactly. Both both of them have flashed this season. I think you feel pretty good about both, and you don't feel good about Delano Hill, that's for sure. No, Delano Hill's barely gone on the field, and they drafted him way too high, and he's not very good. I love Delano, sorry, but sorry, but anyways. <laughs> I kind of, Blair's interesting. I want to see just more of him. Hey Rob, I don't know about for you, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team and I'm stupid. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years, which I'm going to do today, by the way, whether you've been betting for years or you've, uh, you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a fuck ton, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites, by couple, we mean 10 uh, <laughs> favorites playing this league. Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Play the money line. Don't play the spreads. Be smart. Uh, so if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Between the NFL playoffs, the end of the bowl season, the national championship game, uh, NBA and NHL in full swing now, it's time to get off the sidelines and in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the affirmation sidelines. Play with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBucky will double your first deposit. 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 All you got to do is use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit MyBucky.ag today. You play. You win. You get paid. This is an interesting tax layer, Rob. Good thing there's no taxes on gambling. Is there? I have no idea. Anyways, let's get to the wild card card matchups. Uh, All our spreads... All our spreads are from my. I forgot I have to do this part. I fucked up. All our spreads are from my bookie. Uh, how'd you do last week? Seven and nine. I'm okay with it because that's a hard week to bet. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was really hard. My system of going just with the meaningful games didn't work out. I went six and ten. So and I'm I'm, I'm picking bowl games really well. So I'm feeling good there. Yeah, like uh, Jan. 
What a, I'm 5-0 and in the last five bowl games. I need Tennessee to win. I need Indiana to win. Gish. It was looking good for a while. Not anymore. They've, Tennessee just scored 14 points in the last 30 seconds. But, so. but, but it's a two-and-a-half-point spread. I know, so I'm feeling okay. Anyways. Yeah, you're not in bad shape. I got Peyton Ramsey on my side. What could go wrong? Uh, Saturday, the early... They're all named after NFL quarterbacks. I, I love it. It's amazing. Anyways, let's, let's finish this. 4.35 p.m. kick. The classic ESPN early game. It's going to be the Houston Texans. Whether you like it or not, they're hosting the Buffalo Bills. And Houston's minus two and a half. The total's 44, by the way. Uh, I'm taking the Texans. I don't feel good about this game at all. I think either team can win it. That's how most games happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I forgot about that. I forgot that they let let them have an equal playing field. I forgot that they didn't rig the games, Rob. But ultimately, I'm going Texans because Deshaun Watson over Josh Allen. I just don't trust Josh Allen on the road against a, a defense that has talent. I haven't been consistent, but they have talent. Yeah. And I, even though the Bills' defense is far better, I trust Deshaun. J.J. Watts back. That's big, maybe. <laughs> I'm also taking Houston. And again, it comes down to Deshaun Watson. I know he's been up and down, like, but not really him, but like, just the offense has been up and down the last couple weeks. But uh, yeah, it's the playoffs. It's time to turn it on. I think it's a close game. It's a good game-ish. It's a sloppy game. Houston covers and wins. Uh, Saturday night special, Tennessee Titans in New England playing the Pats. New England's minus five. I Also, again, I'm not sure what to make of this, Rob. What, what do you think? I don't feel good about any of these spreads. Uh, Which I guess it's because it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Um, like five is a lot, and New England. If New England, uh, I don't know, AJ. I don't know. I'm taking New England because I've learned you're stupid to pick against them, especially in this type of big moment. Yep. But the Titans have been playing better football. Like, yep. would you? Be shocked if the Titans pull the upset? Uh, no, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but again, it's the New England Patriots. It's the playoffs. I cannot let myself pick against that. I'm going to pick the New England Patriots until they prove that they're no longer good. That's my theory. That's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. It's been working. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans win, though. Uh... If, if okay, guess a score for me, please. Humor me. Uh, yeah, I will. Oh, this is tough. The score's tough. Um, yeah, fuck. Now all the scores pop in my head. Kind of feel it. I got Tennessee covering. No, hold on. I got. Yeah, one. I know. That's see. I'm picking New England because it just feels stupid to pick uh against them. Twenty four seventeen Patriots. Twenty four seventeen. Yeah, that feels pretty. Pretty right. It's me close, like with the. Sp- I think the Patriots are going to win. I want to be shocked if the Titans did, but I, I it's, really. It's me close with the spread. I really love watching the Titans. That's what I've kind of realized yeah. over the last couple of weeks. They're a really fun team. They are. I think part of it is Ryan Tannehill being Ryan Tannehill and <laughs> it, it like it working, and yeah. I love their defense and they've got a lot like a lot of guys on like we love Harold Landry. I love Rashawn Evans, like uh, I've. If I were to hope for, as a Steelers fan, the team I'm hoping to come out of the AFC, although very slim chances, would be the Titans. Fair but enough. I will take New England. I like your score, 24-17. Fair enough. Uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, uh, the revenge of the what are they, Minneapolis Miracle. Minnesota Vikings at New Orleans Saints. Uh, New Orleans is minus 8.5. It's a lot. 
But this is a tough line. New Orleans, I think, has been the best team, the most consistent team uh, in the NFC the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, okay. I, I just think there's few teams that are as strong on offense, defense, and special teams as them. I, I the, the Saints are my Super Bowl pick from the NFC still, if you ask me today. The Saints, I, I, I'm picking Minnesota plus the points. But I feel like that's okay. a stupid pick. Yeah, I don't feel good about it, but I'm taking the Saints to cover it. Okay. And lastly, 440, Seattle Seahawks minus 2.5 at the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm picking Seattle because I'm stupid, but... I'm taking Seattle. I don't trust the Eagles. I know I know they make that push, but ultimately, big moments. I know both teams have shown up before, and the coaches have shown up before, but I just... The Eagles have been way too inconsistent this year, and Seattle, yeah. if it, it is just... They're, they're a wild card because of the circumstances of their division being so talented. Exactly. And they, like they're both banged up, but Philly's injuries are worse, I think. And Russell Wilson's talent just trumps it all. So, I agree. Um, yeah, so for me, Texans, Patriots, Saints, Seahawks, I'm taking every favorite. I am doing the same, except I'm picking Minnesota plus the points, but I don't feel good about it. But no, you do. You love Kirk. You I know don't. he shows up in big moments. Oh, he doesn't. Uh, I think, like... It, uh, 31-24 Saints. That's a lot of points, but I'm going to say My that. ideal Super Bowl is Titans-Vikings. That's what I've decided. <laughs> All right, Rob. Get us out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, the Taxler Gator Bowl is elite. It's crazy. Every time we record, the Bulls are just get better and better. It's true. Uh, follow AJ at AJ Marquise 13 Follow me at Rob Paul NFL. Uh, go Big Ten.